Good morning, everybody. Great to have your company on the Big Sports Breakfast. Laurie Daly alongside me. So to Michael Clark, Benway in the seat with Gerald Middleton still off for another couple of days, but I'm sure he'll be tuning in and can't wait to join us in a week or so's time. Lads, great to see you once again. Plenty of sports since we last chatted, albeit only 24 hours ago. And on an NFL front, the picture getting a little bit clearer. On the cricket front, maybe things a little murkier with some announcements by CA, a head knock again to Will Will Pekoski after our chat yesterday. Michael caused a, a little bit of a stir. Good news on the Usman Khawaja front, which is fantastic. A little bit of league news around. And, of course, the Australian Open, Carlos Alcaraz, was fantastic against Kekmanovic yesterday. 6-4, 6-4, 6-love, setting up a showdown with Zverev. So, they're the headlines, but we'll go through a few in a little bit, uh, in a few minutes. It, it was a good day's sport. And a bit of an upset with Dunlap taking out the golf. <laughs> yeah, I saw the golf yesterday. I kept a keen interest in young... Sam Burns. We have a bit of a joke about Burnsy because he knocked back a a live contract. Well, you have revised your statement now. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if he wins a major, I'll be doing the show in the nude. Um, But I'll tell you what I did see last night. Did anyone ask you to volunteer that? No, no, no. No way. I bought it on myself. Okay. So, yeah, as as a leader, you've got to make brave decisions. It feels like lose-lose, though, for the other two. What do you mean? Lost naked? Might be lose for you. Why? It's just not my cup of tea. Oh, really. you don't have to sit there and stare no. at a naked body. But if Loz is comfy in no, ahead. if he's comfy in no clothes, and he's comfy in no clothes, I'd have a problem with it. What's the difference if you went to a nudist beat? Yeah, true. Or play with a, you. Or play a team well, sport. With anyone. You play a team sport, mate. You, your hmm. teammates like it's just it's just what happens. It's the same, is it? Locker room. I went to a beach in New Zealand. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not locked in. I'm not locked into this room. If I want to leave, I feel uncomfortable yeah. at any stage that Loz is sitting here naked. Yeah. I can leave. Oh, so you're the problem. Yeah. You have to leave. So if I come in here and Loz... <laughs> well, we don't want Loz, Loz, They said they're Listen, okay I'm so with fine. I, I, if you, cho- you know that T-shirt that you're wearing this morning? You chose that. If you, if you had no T-shirt on today... You chose no t-shirt. I'm okay, mate. Mate, we're okay. Freedom, with you being freedom of speech. You be. Exactly. Be and wear and do whatever. Maybe the rules want. are in here. There are no rules. This is why Jared hosts. <laughs> <laughs> this is his area. <laughs> Naked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Hey, there was a security problem at the Australian Open last night too. A a protester. I, I assume due to the uh, conflict, the Israel-Palestine conflict, he jumped on the court and took an eternity to be escorted off. In fact, I think it was another another spectator who eventually got him off the court. And of course, a little bit of stir. It made me wonder, have we... Monica Celeste was a while ago now. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But I think we have... I think we might have forgotten a few lessons of the past there. You can't have any spectator making their way onto the court. No, and you would have thought at the tennis, because they're they're high. They're gonna. It's not jump like a jump over, over a fence. They're actually got to jump off, yeah, the balcony or wherever they're, they're sitting, to make their way onto the court. So you would think, with the amount of security guards in and around the court, someone would have seen someone look as though they were going to Probably jump. Probably say that about every event, though, as well. Like you go to the Sydney Cricket Ground, mate. There's security guards everywhere. Yet we still see it in in cricket and rugby league or whatever yeah, it is. You know what though. I, I can understand possibly why at an MCG or an SCG where there's there could be up to hundred thousand, forty five thousand, but that tennis um, arena that's quite tiny. I think and, it's and, more and because of the Monica Seller staff. I think you would like to think that it just never happens again. I, I don't think there's a grey there. I think it's so black and white because of that. Uh, tennis, even if their rules were different to um, to what we what we see in at the SCG or the MCG or whatever, because that incident is a that's a never happen again. Mm. The know. AOC announced yesterday, well, loosely announced that athletes after they've competed in their Olympic event would then go home. I think they have some forty eight hours to let their hair down. Can I just say it's lucky today's not heroes and villains. Yeah. It is lucky because they would be the villain for all three of us, I suspect. These guys get one opportunity every four years. The camaraderie that you build, 
a lot of them are not particularly well-funded sports. Their chance to celebrate and yeah, and celebrate the successes of their teammates lasts for a couple of weeks and we can't give that to them. Oh, it's disappointing, no doubt about it. If you're an Olympian, if you've experienced it before, but also um, if you haven't experienced it before, you hear the stories. So I'm sure, Pup, yeah. you would have heard the stories of... The Ashes Tours. I would have heard the stories of the Kangaroo Tours when they used to go overseas. You wanted to do it, not only so much to play, but also to enjoy yourself as as well. And my first Kangaroo Tour, we were away for three months, and it was just a fantastic time. With a group of lads, you're having a great time. You're you're, you're playing football. You're you're going out. You're you're just enjoying yourself. So I I think they should be afforded. 100%. I'm with you a lot. It's It's still a sport. I know, I know. It you know, professional athlete. Uh, that world has become a business, and there's a lot of money to make, and uh, and they train so hard, and they're extremely professional. I get all that, but it's a sport. And what do you love most about sport? It's celebrating. Mm. It's celebrating your success. It's 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 a reward for all the hard work you put in. And and for a lot of these athletes, they're not getting the money that you know, an Australian cricketer gets or a rugby league, NRL player gets or AFL player. So, mate, the least we can do is allow them to celebrate for their own hard work, their commitment, their sacrifices. But the other thing as well, with other athletes that are going through the exact same thing, I, I, I think it's disgraceful. Mm. I, I think it, that that is as important in my eyes mm. as competing. Do, do we know the what celebration the afterwards? Is it, is it a cost thing? got to be a, a cost. Security... Thing, I think the other reasons that would be offered would be secondary to the cost. Definitely. The reason is... It, the all, started, it all started through the COVID stuff as well. But I'm sure the reasons cited are more to do with security. I mean, the fact of the matter is if you have thousands of athletes loose post-event, they can let their hair down for the first time in yeah. four years. Mate, you are going to have so an incident what? or two. We saw that when so we were over what? in in uh, Brazil for the Olympics. So I was over there covering it, and, and Ryan Lochte was the story. He and the swimmers, you mm. know, loose and, and getting into trouble. That was the story of the Olympics. So everyone has to pay for that. What about the other thing in supporting your teammates as well? Like, we're trying to make even individual sports at the Olympics. You, you're part of a team. You're part of the Olympic team. How good, like, they've got friends competing or you've got other athletes that inspire you competing. What's wrong with sitting there after you've done your event, done all your hard work, and actually celebrating someone else's success? Well, I think I'd pitch in five bucks as a GoFundMe so that every athlete had a chaperone or some... <laughs> Full-time security. Did you ever have a chaperone? I never had a chaperone. Did you ever have teammates I, with chaperones? I should have had a chaperone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, sorry, I should have. Not hey, shouldn't. You know I who should've. might need a chaperone? Well, the great man Maxie, he's got himself in trouble at the Gov of all places there in Adelaide, down near the square. It's an easy place to get in trouble. Yeah, it is. It's a musical (laughs) hub for those unaware in South Australia. It's where everyone goes for their live music. And Mm. he was there to see Six and Out. I wasn't aware Six and Out was still a thing. They they were off uh, the market for a while and they've made a comeback Six and Out. But yeah, I I wouldn't be rushing to see Six and Out, put it that way. They're terrible. Right. And I love the boys, but they are not good at all. (laughs) It was a big day in cricket. Um, Obviously, the Glenn Maxwell thing, I don't know anything more about it apart from what I've read. So I think the fact that Maxie's had a couple of incidents in the past, let's call it a couple of years, that broke his leg, but... Uh, at someone's house, and they said there was no, that wasn't alcohol related. I think there was an incident on the back of the golf cart at the World Cup, but they yep. said that wasn't alcohol related. And now this, so I think they're just going to look into it. Um, hopefully, there's nothing more to it. Um, hopefully, Max is okay as well. That's the other thing. Um, but yeah, Cricket Australia will look into it. I'm sure we'll find out more. Uh, the Wilpakovsky incident um, is, is a big one and an important one. And, and I feel for Will because any time the ball goes near his helmet, it's going to make the news. Mm. So it's, it could be, and again, I didn't see what happened, but it could be bigger than what it is. I love the fact that he went back out and batted. That's a real positive sign that he wasn't concussed. Um, but the one on Will, and I haven't, I know he plays the short ball pretty well, but I think he's got to probably have a look at his technique because he's getting hit a lot. He, and it was square to the badge yesterday. So, so it was it was a hook shot, yeah. missed it, but he's 
the ball's almost run. So it's run forward of square. Yeah. And that's, that's a fair sign. It's improper. Well, hit. But the other thing as well, you go back in time, and this is again where I hate comparing generations, but I think if I'm someone like Will, I would be going back and looking at some footage of how uh, – the short ball used to be played by batsmen before they had helmets because blokes go through their entire career without getting hit in the head. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I think that's probably where he's got to get to now. He's got to, in, in his technique, without losing anything that he already has, and he does, like I say, he takes on the hook shot, takes on the pull shot, but maybe he needs to look at his setup and his technique with short pitch bowling to not be getting hit. And if that, that might mean Steve Waugh did it. He put away the hook shot for a big part of his career. Um, Mark Wall put it away as well. So I think, you know, I remember J- JL, Justin Lane got hit a lot in the helmet um, and it was an area of concern over a period of time. And I think for Will now, just because of what's happened in the past, I think he needs to be avoiding getting hit. And that might mean ducking more, swaying more. Uh, if he's, I haven't looked at his, his prelim movement, but if it's a forward press, it might now need to be a back and across press to give himself a fraction more time. I just think, the coaching staff and will need to be looking at that now because any time, like I say, he's hit, everyone worries. And we're all obviously just concerned about him, but I love the fact he come back onto the field. The other cricket story, oh my God, who is Josh Brown? Where has he come from and what about that innings last night? I don't know, but as a Strikers fan, I'm very upset about it. Sorry, <laughs> mate, that was absolute... Power. It was clean hitting. At Matt, it, it wasn't. He missed time balls mm. and they went out of the stadium. But when he got hold of them, oh they just my! Went, they sailed. A that first over, one when he was on about twelve, too. there was a front foot slap, front foot pull shot off Fenry Thornton. Mate, the sound of that off the bat, he just went, "Oh dear!" Yeah, you knew it was going. That is out of the park. He was brutal. So twelve sixes. I laughed actually at a tweet. I, I won't get a word for word just off the top of my head, but Chris Lynn sent out a tweet essentially saying, stop already, it's dead. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's wow. what it was like. It was it was as though Brown was just kicking the body mate. on the ground. And you're like, mate, you've hit 12 sixes, you're 140. We are done here. This match is well, over. I, I reckon I got the best part of the innings because I watched the tennis, a little bit of tennis. And then Sarev and Norrie were playing. Yeah. And what a wonderful game that uh, match that was. And then I switched it over and... Then he just went on a rampage. He was probably, well, he was on a rampage before that, but just, he was just bang, out of the ground. Glenn Maxwell features pretty prominently on the back page of the Daily Telegraph, but unsurprisingly, the Courier Mail is dominated by Brutal Brown, who burnt the strikers and blasted the heat into the final. So now we look ahead to Wednesday at the SCG, 6.15. We'll have the first ball there or the bat flip. And I cannot wait for the final. But it was exactly that. It was brutal. And off the back of the win against WA, against the Perth Scorchers, I actually thought the Strikers were going in as the number one seed. Well, the Heat put it to bed so early. Mm. And to be honest, the Strikers' chase never really got out of second gear. Yeah, they flicked the switch, the Heat. I think the Strikers come into the finals with momentum. Uh, play individual players were playing well, and important players as well. But yeah, things change when you make the finals. Um, things change. So the Heat just yet yeah, flicked a switch. Uh, I think in those games as well, and you'll see in the final, it's the team that lets go of the the pressure and the nerves and says, you know what, we're just going to back ourselves and go and play our natural game. And if if that doesn't help or that if we end up losing, then so be it. I think twenty twenty cricket is a lot like that. You've got to. You've got to release the shackles, really, and just see that ball. And if it's in your zone, you know, take a risk. But, um, yeah, well, at the moment, it's going to be youth versus experience. You know, the reason the Sixers sit where they do is because of their senior players. Their experienced players have found a way to, to get them through. Moses still going around. And, well, playing catch yeah. is very important. Again, we talk about Pakistan and West Indies. Well, the reason the Sixers are in the final... Sorry, I don't know if that's fair to say that. A big part of why the Sixers are in the finals is because the teams have dropped Moses on both the last two innings he's played. I think he's been dropped four times. Mm. So it's cost the opposition. So, you know, uh, experience very important. Moses has been unbelievable for New South Wales cricket and the Sixers for a long time, and it's great seeing him still do well. But I think the Sixers, again, Stephen O'Keefe, experience. Um, Daniel Hughes, experience. They've got a lot of experienced players and older players in that team that... 
Um, in 2020 cricket all around the world, we still see the older boys, um, you know, leading the way and, and playing a big part. So we saw a fellow who most of us assumed to be young when he sort of burst on the scene. 22 T20s he's played Brown. Just absolutely put them to the, to the sword with 140 and 12 sixes. He's only played the one list day game. And it does show, as much as we talk about the rotational policy of big names in the BBL, when they do exit, it affords a few of these an opportunity. And you can take it like that. There's very capable cricketers on the club cricket level, isn't it? Slightly elevated above club cricket. They can come into the big bash, and it just shows he's he smacked a decent attack for 140. I know they had no Rashid and no Linny, but, geez, that's a performance Well, I, I think the one thing we hear about um, the BBL is I think some fans have an expectation that it's the same as playing for Australia. It's not. It's it's a domestic competition, and the IPL is the same. Um, the the Pakistan League, the West, uh, uh, all the domestic competitions are that. They are a domestic competition, so you, you know it, you can't expect it to be international cricket. But what it does is gives you know a lot of on a, on a lot of occasions first class cricketers, sometimes grade cricketers the chance to come in and shine against some international players. And I think when you see an innings like that, that still doesn't mean he can walk up to the next level and do exactly that. But I think you still have to pay it respect that, mate, it doesn't matter who you play against. If you can strike the ball like that, if you can get 100 off 40 balls or 41 balls, mate, I don't care if that's third grade club cricket. I don't care about school cricket. That's phenomenal striking. So there's there's something there. There's there's hand-eye coordination. There's talent. There's power. There's confidence to be able to walk out and do it in, in a pressure game. That doesn't mean, okay, now you're going to open the batting for Australia. What it does mean for him, though, I guarantee you the domestic competitions around the world now want him a part of their setup. It was a great advertisement, too. As it turns out, he's a cricket bat maker. Cooper Cricket. He was using his own bat yesterday. Smart boy. What what kind of an investment was Smart that? Jeez. And <laughs> just, what just, a time. Just yeah. on that though, it, it, say he comes out and gets forty or fifty in the in the final. Yeah. IPL. Would that be on the forget, radar? Forget another game of cricket. I'm telling you now. Twenty twenty. Just after that innings. And uh, well, I'm saying, Loz, I watched the highlights. From what I see, if I'm captain or coaching a twenty twenty domestic competition around the world. I'm definitely speaking to him. Yeah. I definitely want him. I, I, I want to see more. But it, I, after that innings, I want him in my setup for sure. Again, that doesn't mean he's good enough or ready to play at the highest level for Australia. But, mate, South Africa, 2020 league. Uh, I think Davey Warner's over there playing in the UAE at the moment. Uh, there's the West Indies. There's Pakistan. Even IP, IPL. I, like, I just think if you can strike it like that in that format, mm. you want him in your setup. Cricket dominated most of the back pages. You have a look at the SMH. Travis Head uh, testing positive for COVID. So he's got a delayed arrival in Brisbane. Uh, the weather in Brisbane is going to be a big discussion point, I think. If we get through three days of full play, that would be a bonus with what we've sort of had a look at. The is other... there storms forecast? Yes. Oh, mate, then if it goes three days, it'll be a miracle. Because if there's rain around, day-night test match at, at the Gabba, Oh, it is going to be so tough for the batters. Reynolds is the other big discussion point. Did you see that on a league front? Yeah, in I fact, Vegas was a talking point too. Yeah, I, I, I saw him go down. Uh, they sent him for scans immediately. There's six weeks to go before the start of the competition. So if it's a minor ligament or minor ligament damage there, he should be okay to play, in fact, even trials. But they mightn't risk him in a trial, but he should be all right for Vegas. But they'll take no... Risk with him at all, Adam Reynolds. He's a very important player for them. He is their lead-up. Um, so I, I think we're just going to wait and see. And when they get the scans back, they'll let us know today because they got them done yesterday. 
Um, but they were saying towards the end of the day, some of the word coming out of Brisbane, they didn't think it was too bad. Fantastic to have your company on the Big Sports Breakfast, a big day ahead of sport. And I hope you have an enjoyable day too. In terms of the show, plenty coming up. Sebastian Hutch is here. They've got well the progeny of Wanks going around at the sales in not too long. He is the English Bloodstock CEO and he's going to be with us very shortly, we had a big week of sales up there in Queensland and Inglis take over soon enough with their yearling sale. Adam Pengilly from the SMH, he's going to join us a little bit before 6, about 10 to 6. And then Sean Abbott for the Sydney Sixers a little bit later on. Jared Daffy has always run through the latest prices and he's going to talk plenty of NFL with what transpired yesterday. The Australian Open is in full swing. Roger Rashid back to join us and Brad Davidson as well. Joe Lolly and Kath Cox, two other guests, the Sydney FC midfielder and, of course, the netballing legend. But for those who missed the results in the tennis overnight, Carlos Alcaraz is through to the quarterfinals for the first time. He beat Kekmanovic 6-4, 6-4, 6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-6-
the fact that they've got this opportunity in the one-day format by resting Maxi is, is again, another good opportunity. I think he'll uh, he'll enjoy being around the group. I think if he gets a crack, I think he'll do well against the West Indies. That's the other thing as well. They're playing against the West Indies, so it's a good chance to give a young guy like Fraser an opportunity. Um, from what I've seen and what I hear, um, extremely gifted. Now he just needs the opportunity. So, yeah, very happy for him um, and wish him well. But, yeah, I think you're definitely going to see him a part of the 2020 setup as well. As you guys know, I'm not regularly in this seat. And Jared will be back next week for those missing Alfred. But as I understand it, Shane is a regular caller to the show. Yeah, and he certainly is. Keen to have a chat this morning. How are you, Shane? Benny, how you going, mate? Laws Clarky, good to hear you back, boys. Yeah, Thanks, Shane. Happy, happy New Year, year mate. Happy New Year. Did you see the footage yesterday, Laws, of uh, Travis Kelsey's brother? Oh, yeah, I did, I yeah. saw it as well. Yeah. Saw it. Mate, what do you reckon Tay-Tay would have said? I like well, him. He, he picked a girl up that had yeah. a sign for Tay-Tay yeah. and took, a, took the young yeah. girl back into the box to show her. So, mate, she would have loved it, oh. Tay-Tay. Nothing wrong with getting the gear off, Shane. Mate, it was minus three degrees. He had a few beers and stirred up the Bills crowd. But, and... but he went to the tailgate party to start with. Oh, did he? I didn't see and, that. Yeah, and there was video of him um, circulating. They must have filled a bowling ball with alcohol, and he he drank out of the, the bowling ball. And then you saw him in the in the stand with Tay-Tay, and then just got the shirt off and jumped out and getting photos and selfies. He looks like a character. Bear, bearing oh. in mind, he's also recently retired. So I think we're we're mid blowout. Yeah. Oh, mate, enjoy it. Go yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> As he was. <laughs> Isn't it funny though? Uh, the differing approach people have now to the Chiefs that would have been seen as brazen, over the top. Now we've got all the Swifties involved. Wow. Yeah. And the, while they're winning, and right. more the merrier. And Why they can't were he enjoy himself like Exactly that. right. So for those who did miss it, by the way, a exactly. six straight AFC Championship game as the Chiefs. Pip, the Buffalo Bills, 27-24. to 24. It was one hell of a game, wasn't it, Shane? Oh, it's a fantastic game. Actually, I was surprised the Bills hung in there for so long. The amount of players they had out, like two linebackers, a couple of defensive ends and defensive back, and Josh Allen carried them on his shoulders. Um, the, the amount of players they had on the sideline was remar- remarkable effort, but the, the misery continues for Buffalo. But, look, if Kansas can produce their best form... They have a half a chance against the Ravens, but it's such a tough side. They're so physical. So the side of the eight, the best two quarterbacks in the NFL with Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. And on the other side, Purdy and Goff, they're good quarterbacks, but they're not going to go to the Hall of Fame like those other two blokes. No, um, you're right. What about the Buffalo yeah. kicker? What about him missing oh. that shot yesterday, mate? Do they lose? Yeah, he'd lose his job over that, wouldn't he? Or is he is he pretty good? I I, I don't know he, him. I've never heard. He's, of him. A, he's a decent kicker, but I mean the pressure. But it, it goes back to when they lost their first Super Bowl back in oh late eighties, early nineties against the Giants, and the field goal went wide wide right again. You know, and they've they've been cursed the Bills. They went to four Super Bowls and didn't win one, and they should have won one. They were a great side back then, but. You know, the tragedy continues from the, the Look, I, I still think the Ravens will win the whole thing. Lamar Jackson, the, the difference is Mahomes, when he runs with the ball, he's still got a bit of hesitancy. He's, he's not all there. But Lamar Jackson just grabs ducks under his arm and just runs a million miles an hour. But I'll be interested to see how Detroit goes over in San Francisco. They're on a and destiny seems like it's with them. You know, and the way San Francisco played on Sunday... They were ordinary, and this this Detroit side, they might shock the world. You know, it'll be tough over in San Francisco, but you know the NFL's got it right again. It, it just it was a great weekend, and the Super Bowl is going to be something special. My thought on San Fran, and I agree with you. I think they were near on a two to three out of ten performance, given what they're capable of. But my read on it was, if you're able to perform that poorly to your usual mm-hmm. standard and still win. Mm. That says to me, we can expect a big, big yeah. performance. I think they were thrown, weren't they, when Debo Samuel went off? Yeah, they missed him, but they still got enough weapons there. And, and they got a bloke called Christian McCaffrey. He's the only white featured running back in the NFL. And if this bloke gets close to the line, you can shut the gate. He's just that explosive. 
But, you know, they, they shut him down in the first half, uh, the Packers, and Packers are an aggressive young side, but you'd sort of think it's going to be 49ers-Ravens, but stranger things have happened. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where it ends up, and um, it, it's going to be a big couple of weeks. You know, so next Monday is going to be the casino, and then... Super Bowl World, I don't know, I don't know where we'll be for that. So. <laughs> I don't think there's plenty of venues, Shane. Just mix it up. Yeah, well, the casino is great for the for the championships games because the crowd doesn't get too big. But you don't go there for the Super Bowl because it's a nightmare. You've got to find a venue that has good atmosphere, big screen, good beer, good food, but doesn't get too packed. And there's a couple in the inner west, but you just got to find the right one. <laughs> yeah, I've been good to advice. the. It's the twenty four seven sports bar there, isn't it? At the casino, I think I've been to a Super Bowl there before. It's all uh, it's all paid for and set up well before you arrive. You sort of need a table and everything booked. But that's the case with a lot of venues. Thus is the popularity of the Super Bowl. Uh, Shane, I thought you might have actually been Dick Fane under a different name there for a while. Mm-hmm. Your NFL knowledge is second to none. Yeah, very impressive. Thanks very much for calling through. Enjoy the day. See you, boys. Thanks very much to Shane. Just on other sort of sporting news out of the States as well, in terms of the basketball trailblazers yesterday were bitterly disappointing against the Lakers. Lakers win? Lakers yep. won, 134-110. LeBron, how many points? Uh, I don't know how many LeBron had. Leave that Watch with it. me. Question without Did warning. you see like LeBron it? just sub himself off at the end? <laughs> did, he walked off. Just, just, did did he? All, they, they were in front. Well, they all, they all did. <laughs> yeah, he just went bang and the coach My time's goes, done. Oh, right. There's <laughs> <laughs> about six minutes to go. I'm just reading uh, the I know they won yesterday, and I might be reading the room incorrectly, but D'Lo, his attitude sort of said maybe his time at the Lakers is up. I reckon we're getting to that time of the season where, uh, you know, there are a few changes, and manager LeBron starts to step up and just tinker with that list a little bit. Uh, in terms of other results, though, Russell Westbrook, he came up big for the LA Clippers. That was a stunning comeback win against the Brooklyn Jet, uh, Nets, I should say, 125-114 at Crypto.com. Uh, Nikola Jokic was enormous again, 42 points, 12 rebounds. The Nuggets cruised to a 113-104 road win against the Washington Wizards there. And the other thing, I guess, was the US Amateur Champion. So, we mentioned the golf, but Nick Dunlap winning by a shot. The first amateur to win since 1991, I think. That was Phil Mickelson back in 1991. Do you know what the prize money was for first? Oh, no, I don't. In the American Express? A million? 1.5. And he He's gets, not allowed to take it, is he? He gets zero. Well, he can take it, can't he? But he's got to uh, move over to profession. He, no, he but can't. this one's gone. Oh yeah, but yeah, but if, if he won that, I think you can. I think if you're an amateur, you can. If you take the money, you've got to turn pro. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't I'm think you were afforded sure. that option. Yeah, but well, I know in Australia it must be because I remember someone won it, won an event here. Took the money? No, didn't take didn't the money. Take but I remember him say that. Yeah, saying okay. that they could take the money, but if they do that, they've got to turn pro. I'll look into that. So he captured the American Express tournament and captured the. Imagination of everyone. There's a brilliant clip of those at his school or university celebrating his victory as he made the putt. And he, he sort of left himself with a semi-awkward six to seven footer, which, you know, most of us, I reckon we might be a 20, 30% chance, but he never really looked like missing. Do you play much golf, Clark? No, I hate golf. Love watching it. hate playing it. I'm you know hopeless. who apparently is elite? Dan Christian. Yeah, I think I think this cricket being an elite golfer golfer is a myth. Let's get Gowie will tell you honestly. He's plus two, mate. Mate, everyone said Ricky Ponting is elite. I've asked Gowie. Gowie said there is only one retired or current cricketer that you can seriously say is a good golfer, and that's Greg Blewett. He said everyone else is uh, a cricketer who's very good at golf. Not a great golfer. Hmm. So I think we say that because hmm. they're, you play another sport. So if you're half decent at, the, at a second sport, then that's pat on the back. Hmm. That's brilliant. I've got D- Dan Christian, I've got no doubt. Hmm. Hell of an athlete. Watch him kick a footy. Watch him play table tennis. Bat, bowl, field. So I'm not surprised he plays off I, too. I think, but Ricky plays off scratch. Yeah. And Gowie reckons, mate, he couldn't turn pro. Well, well I know with league, two elite golfers. One was Brayton Astor. Yep. And the other one but was Caelan Ponga. What does Braith play off? Could, did I, Bra- I, I could think Braith, Braith would have played off 
scratch. Not, no, close to it. Yeah, so like, like close Punner. to it. Oh, then I'll, and, and, I keep hear Gowie's thoughts as well. And, Could he turn pro? And he was and he was a junior superstar golfer, Kalamponga, as yeah, okay. well. So they're two that I know of in rugby league. Mm. But a lot of leagueies play golf. Go and have a hit. Yes. Like cricketers. A lot but of cricketers, yeah. lo- they love golf. And, and we do it as a team. Like even the times where um, we a lot of the charity events we do are golf day. So even if I wasn't keen to play and my back was playing, I'd go drive the buggy. Normally it was for Warney. Um, steal his clubs, go to the clubhouse, order as much food as I could. Uh, and then you'd do like a speaking event during the, you know, after the 18 holes or nine holes, whatever, whatever it was. So the 19th hole. The 19th, that was an important one for me. That was where I come into play. But, yeah, I think, I think golf for, um, for cricketers is just it's, – it's always been part of you get a day off, boys go and have a hit. Uh, and it seems like the league – like mm. you, I follow a lot of the rugby league boys on social media. They play a stack of golf. Yeah. Never my go. Yeah, um, I was the same. I – Great to have your company here on the Big Sports Breakfast. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark and Benway taking you through the morning. We have a big morning ahead in terms of the guests. Well, it's a long list. Sebastian Hutch from Inglis will be on shortly. Adam Pengilly from the SMH. Sean Abbott, who's looking forward to the Big Bash League final. The Sydney Sixers bowler will be absolutely raring to go, I'm sure, after what he saw on the Gold Coast last night. Jared Daffy, he has a lot to go through. Plenty of admin from a tab side of things. As American sport probably takes hold, it's stunning how popular the NBA and the NFL are. In fact, I might double-check with him when he's on a little bit later on, but at one point, I believe, our holds for AFL and NRL combined weren't the same as that of the NBA. Really? They are, it is that popular from a betting side wow. of things. And it's not necessarily just head-to-heads, but... Um, within the game as well. Roger Rashid is on to talk a little bit of tennis and Brad Davo. So we recap the racing from Saturday with Davo and hopefully find ourselves a winner. I did see he was he was tooting his horn on Twitter over the weekend. I think his best bet saluted. He always compliments the ride or, yeah. you know, no, he's a good things judge, like Dave. that. He is a good judge. Good judge, one yeah. of the greats. Yeah. And, oh, you're putting and him in the great... No, no, no! I love Davo. Yeah, so do I. We're good friends. He's yeah. he was well, he was never paid for the role, but he was my dog sitter for a while there. Dog sitter. Mate, what, we hang lived. on. What do you mean he was never paid? Well, what about you? Great mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I look after my dog. Yeah. Good mates don't hey. need to be paid to what do you mean? come and pop well, over. He lived eight houses down. I'll share something Case with you. Case of beer or eight houses is a stretch. We <laughs> yeah. lived in Bondi. He was one hundred and seventy-six apartments down, <laughs> and loved your dog. And love the dog, Harry. Yeah. I'll tell you what. What happened with our dog mm, two sad, weeks ago? Sad, I'll sad. tell him, pup. No, sad. don't tell. Don't tell me. Yeah, I know. A week away from being eighteen. Oh, yeah. It's a good run, that. though. Yeah. Paint me it's a, a picture. What kind of dog? Ah, uh, look. You know what? <laughs> well, princess says it all. Mm. Princess was a beautiful. Um, not. Oh, I don't even. What's it? Uh, little. Um, you don't it? know its breed? Uh, uh, no, because I, I said to Clarky, I wasn't a big dog fan, mm. but the family pet. Oh, so Caitlin's had it. And, and I started to passes. get a little bit close to her mm. towards the end. They win you over. Well, Mate, 18 years. Most loyal animals years. on the planet. But I'll <laughs> tell you, the sadness in the family. Yeah, it's devastating. It was devastating. So yeah. I, we've got dogs and cats. And I'm not a fan of her either. But to lose little Prinny the way that we did, mm. it was just shocking. Prinny. Princess. Uh, sorry. She... So the kids, you know, have grown up with her. Mm. Like they're, what, 18. What, that's a, 18. That's a good run. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And you had to put her down? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's, the drive to the vet. Bad. It's a bad experience. I know. Drive to the vet. I I'm driving and the family yeah. are crying. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, mate. And when you had her put down, did you stay no, with her? No, no, yeah, no. See, no. I, I stayed the, with my boy the, the, and, the, mate, I was floored. The girl stayed in. Yeah, it's Will and oh, I, we so both went sad. Out. In a weird way. So sad. In, in a weird, it, it is, it's like losing a child, isn't it? 
Categorically. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't, you know what? Well, nah, I don't know if I could ever, yeah. And I loved my dog, yeah. 15 years of Staffy, yeah. but I don't know if I could ever. Yeah. I, don't, I hope I never, be, I hope I can never yeah. answer that question, buddy, to be honest. I don't have a child. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> Give it time. But Harry <laughs> is like, Harry's like. How old's Harry? Yeah. He's five and a half. Right. And I tell you what, he's, he's got so many punishing attributes. He hates other <laughs> dogs. He's aggressive. Um, he's, a, he's a rescue from out near Dubbo. Uh, I think he was probably the, the descendant of a pigging dog because he loves ears. He what loves breed? other dogs' ears. He's probably a Kelpie Ridgeback, yeah, maybe okay. Kelpie and some kind of pigging dog, yeah, okay. I, w- I would say. That's just a guess. Mm. But he's beautiful. Essentially... People ask me what his breed is. Back in the 80s in Adelaide, there was only one kind of dog, brown. Right? He looks like all of them. So imagine (laughs) there was no specific breeding. If every dog in the world had a child, it would look like Harry. He is a brown dog. But he's just absolutely gorgeous around the house. Uh, So it was Aaron Baddeley. You were spot on. A few of our listeners have been messaging in. Anthony is one of those. Aaron Baddeley was the one who won the Australian Open. And the second time he won the Australian Open as an amateur, he took the cash took, yeah, right. and turned pro. Yep. So thanks I very much to Anthony, to thanks, Anthony for that. Uh, he also said, your man Burns choked, hit it in the water at the 17th and 18th. That is true. It was, I think prior to that, he'd had an outrageous run without a bogey, any hint of a misdemeanor. And then 17 right. and 18, he went back to back into the water. Well, I'm hoping he can break through this year, Burnsy. I want him oh. to. I want him to win. I, I want I, him to win an event. I want him to win as well. And I'll, I'd love to see him win the big one. Well, we've got about twenty cameras in here that we never seem to use. So if he wins one, mm. I can't wait to finally use these cameras. You're sitting in studio naked, I'll, cameras on. I'll float through the studio. Maybe we can go back. Well, didn't this show used to be on Fox? What show? This show. This program. It was, was it on Sky Radio? Yeah, oh, yeah, so that, well, that that yeah. show. That one show when you are naked mm. will be televised. We'll go live. <laughs> live. <laughs> and exclusive. We can't promise viewership. <laughs> well, it'll be paid we'll content only. Yeah, yeah, of course. You pay for it. Of course. Only fans look out. That's the next step. This is the Big Sports Brekkie. Great to have your company. I hope you're enjoying your morning. And if you've only just woken up, a big day ahead. Plenty of sport. The Australian Open in full swing. We'll go through the results again a little bit later on for those who missed the cricket overnight. The Brisbane Heat, they booked their spot in the BBL final. That, of course, will be Wednesday night, 6.15 SCG with Sydney waiting for them. Uh, Cricket Australia also uh, conducting an investigation into Glenn Maxwell after it turns out he passed out at an Adelaide pub, the Gov, uh, while he was there watching Six and Out, a few of his former teammates playing there. So interesting news on that front. He won't be featuring in a limited over series that's coming up, a three-match series, but Fraser McGurk will. The 21-year-old's been added to the list. Plenty of talk still about the Australia Day references by CA. Even the Prime Minister's weighed in. Anthony Albanese saying Australians need to stop looking for areas where they can be outraged. The irony being that that comment has outraged plenty. Sebastian Hutch would care little about that, I would imagine. His focus is very much on the English sales coming up as the Bloodstock CEO. And it's great to have you on the show, Sebastian. As always, always good to chat and you guys have got a headline act. Every sale needs a big headline act, and you have the progeny of Winks coming through. Ben, you're filling big shoes this week. I see you're in the, the lion's den. <laughs> They're big shoes Wait. figuratively, <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe not literally. Yeah, okay, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. No, it's it's good to have the catalogue out, obviously. Um, we've known for a while that we'd be selling Winks' first fall at Easter, and it's great to have the catalogue out, and She'll go into the ring sometime after lunch on Monday, the 8th of April, and it'll be, uh, I mean, for the variety of different people involved, it'll be a mixture of exciting, nerve-wracking, and a whole lot of a lot of things in between. Sebastian, Happy New Year, mate. Lovely to speak to you. I see the days have changed this year, the sale. Will that affect the buyers, do you think? Oh, we're always trying to tweak things and find things, or find ways of making things a little bit better. We... Just we've had a feedback for a few years that, you know, people have liked there to be a, an actual sale on the Sunday. We have a lot of people who attend the inspections on a Sunday, but there's no sale. Mm. 
Whereas we think by having the sale on a Sunday this year will just allow a few extra people to get engaged with it than would normally happen on a Monday or a Tuesday. There's so always a... Oh, it'll sorry. Be, uh, it, uh, no, it'll be, it, it should be a, that should be a really big day. I mean, we have big days at Classic on a Sunday and a big day in Melbourne for Premier on a Sunday and we're hoping uh, the first day of the Easter yearly sale on Sunday will be a, will be a massive day. Yeah, happy, happy New Year, Sebastian. And every year there's always, you know, quite a a popular sort of yearly. Is there any that you're expecting to gather a lot of interest? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Winks attracts all the attention, but we were we were conscious that we wanted to target a number of particular yearlings just because of their profile during the spring. Um, I don't really like singling them out, but there's a Schnitzel half-brother to militarise at Bema. He was, you know, he was a horse that we had in our eye line for, for a long time. Uh, he's a he's a cool horse by Champion Stallion Militarised, obviously a fabulous racehorse, very good two-year-old, very good three-year-old. Uh, there's a full brother to Sunlight by Zoo Star at Witten. They also have a wooden basset at Daisy Doom. He was a fabulous horse. You know, pretty much every farm we went to, there was a horse that would... I mean, for people who love horses, you go to sleep thinking about the ones you really like. So every farm we went to, there was one you fell asleep thinking about and... Fortunately, the way it's played out, they're all going to the Easter yearling sale on the 7th and 8th of April. The wooden bassets have proven immensely popular in this country, haven't they? Yeah, he's a he's a very, very effective stallion in Europe. He's, a, I suppose, he's what we call a rags-to-riches story. He started covering mares at a very small fee in France, 4,000 euros. Had very few runners, but he did extremely well with those. And his profile has grown and grown. Coolmore bought him and... Was are very lucky in Australia that they bring horses like this to Australia. Uh, he had the sale topper, the Magic Millions, and you know we have a number of yearlings by him going to Easter and, to be fair, to Classic and Premier that we think will take high rank in all those sales. It just that's what's great fun about our game. You know the landscape is always changing, new opportunities are always eventuating, new stallions, new mares, new trainers, new jockeys. It's it's a pretty exciting landscape most of the time. We're always looking for the next schnitzel, the next I'm Invincible, and it's easier said than done. But is there a young stallion that you think we're really going to start to see the best of? I know uh, this stallion isn't necessarily young, but I've started to really fall in love with the Kermadex and what they're bringing to the table in terms of versatility. You're seeing winners over sort of 1,200 and 2,400, and the top end as well as sort of the bottom end, just picking up the provincial wins and, and those sort of Metro Saturdays where maybe they don't grab the headlines. But is there one that jumps out to you? Well, we're selling some Kermadec yearlings over the next few months, Ben, so I'll be sure to give you a call when we find one that we really like. It sounds like you've got a bit of a soft spot for the stallion. <laughs> I do. Unfortunately, but, um... I don't have the pay packet to support that soft spot. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're on the big sports breakfast now, so maybe that's all going to change. Yeah, well, if we but, can knife, um, if we can knife Jared full time, I might be half a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's a there's a really cool group of young stallions in Australia at the moment. Trapeze artists, the Autumn Sun, Justify, Harry Angel, Farn, and Bivouac, Ole Kirk, uh, horses like that. I'd be very reluctant to try and specify which one of those will be. You know, a champion stallion at some point in the future, but they all look like horses that are capable of, you know, some of them have first yearlings, some of them have first two and three-year-olds, but just there's going to be a really good stallion come out of that group. You know, there's a three-year period where they're just a series of really fantastic racehorses. And, you know, I think if you'd said to somebody uh, 18 months ago that Too Darn Hot would be the hot young stallion in Australia they'd have been a bit surprised but the way he's going both in Europe and down here you know, he's potentially another top liner for the future and look we'll have to um, just keep our eyes peeled and see what emerges uh, I think the great thing about having so many alternatives for people is that you can find great value in the market and keeps people interested it's not just about expensive yearlings it's about trying to find value in good racehorses amongst them If any of our listeners or a group of our listeners were interested Sebastian, how do they go and, and browse and, and have a look to see what's on sale? So the details for each catalogue are on the English website, english.com.au. Uh, you can just give the office a ring. We have offices in Sydney and Melbourne. Just give the office a ring, look to speak to one of the bloodstock consultants. Uh, I'd always encourage people, if they were interested in getting involved, most people have a favourite trainer. We're very fortunate in this country where the trainers are extremely approachable 
whether it's at the races on a Wednesday or Saturday at their stables, you, you can just contact any of the trainers, any of the agents, and discuss what you'd like to do. It's We have just this wonderfully engaging sport where people can really get uh, get involved, get immersed in it, and meet a lot of fun people and experience a lot of you know really special things. And I think if you haven't experienced it already, I think it's well worth starting at the races and then trying to meet some people that you like. Uh, just before we let you go, Sebastian, just on the filly again, because she will be the, the main discussion point, the Winx filly. Uh, is it fair to say, you mentioned briefly, they'll just be relieved to get this horse to the sale and uh, given what they've gone through. For our listeners who aren't aware, can you maybe just give us a, a little bit of a heads up about what they've endured so far? Because this isn't the first foal by Winx, it's just the first one to get to the sales. Yeah, so unfortunately her first fall uh, passed away and I'm invincible cold. Um, you know, it's one of these things that happen. It doesn't matter. You know, there's a huge amount of expertise involved in the management of bloodstock and uh, winks. Like majority of thoroughbreds is subject to the highest standard of care. And, you know, it just it didn't work out in terms of the first fall. It's very much a parallel with human life. There are instances in the birthing process where things don't work out as you would like or expect and uh, it's meant that she's had a more difficult start to her breeding career than than the average mare but she followed a big strong healthy Piero filly uh, as her second fall and that's the filly that'll appear at Easter and it's it's exciting because you know she was a she's as good a race mare as you could possibly imagine you know just a just extraordinary ability this incredible will to win like as Clarkie and Lazo see as elite athletes that will to win is a crucial part in the success of you know those best sports people and she ranks amongst the best sports person but sporting athletes Australia's ever produced so to have a daughter of hers and a daughter of hers it's very much made in her mold she's very similar to her mother physically it's really exciting for the ownership group and Hopefully she can present in the sale in good order and ultimately go on to be a good racehorse because that's what the ownership group want primarily. They want to see this filly go on and extend her mother's legacy and you know I think that would be a great thing for everybody. So April 7 and 8 at Inglis's Riverside Complex, which is absolutely brilliant out there, the 2024 Easter sale. We look forward to speaking to you ahead of it again, I'm sure. But thanks very much for coming on this morning and enjoy the day, Sebastian. Thanks, gents. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. Good morning. Great to have your company here on the Big Sports Brekkie. For those who missed some of the news throughout the course of the morning, I might quickly scan through the tennis results for you. So Carlos Alcaraz was absolutely brilliant. 6-4-6-4-6-love against Kekmenovic. So through to the Australian quarters he goes. Daniel Medvedev took care of his Portuguese opponent, Borges. 6-3-7-6-5-7-6-1. So he's now up against Hercats. Uh, Hubert, I should say, Hubert Hercats. Zverev defeated Norrie, 7536634676 to advance to the quarters as well. And Kim Wen Zheng, probably the headline act going through to the quarterfinals uh, overnight, that is. 636 Love, a fantastic performance against Ocean Dodan in the women's. Aussie Matt Ebden still alive in the doubles as well. He and Bo Parner are through to the quarterfinals, 7-6-7-6. That was a really good match, that one, against Mektic and Kulov, but they managed to get the win in a tight one there. Uh, it was great to have Sebastian Hutch on the line a little bit earlier, and for those who can get out there April 7 and 8, make sure to do that to the Riverside Complex. But now it's time to welcome in Adam Pengilly, who, of course, is a regular here on the Big Sports Breakfast to talk racing and a rugby league. And Adam, I guess this is almost like a broken record. During the autumn, we have to deal with William Haggis again. He's going to send out a couple of good ones, I'm sure. Morning, Ben. Morning, boys. Yeah, you're right. He's um, going to send out a couple of his top liners. Ray Thomas has a story in the Telegraph this morning about... William Hags's team for the Sydney Autumn Carnival, headlined, obviously, by Dubai Honour, who's been so good in Sydney for the last couple of years. Um, the market suggests he's going to be a, extremely hard to topple as as favourite heading towards the Queensland Estates, provided he gets here in one piece. And then the other interesting horse, from my point of view, is this this English stayer called Desert Hero, who's obviously part-owned by uh, King Charles, who... 
Does anyone know if he's coming down for the Everest later this year? I know there's been discussion about it, and Melbourne's trying to get him down for the Melbourne Cup, but he's probably going to be sending a horse in his name first and foremost to to the Sydney Autumn Carnival and maybe targeting the Sydney Cup. So, yeah, William Haggis has an enormous strike rate, Ben. You know that better than most when he comes down to Sydney, and he'll be uh, bringing some of his top liners down for the Autumn Carnival in a couple of months' time. Clarky, you're on a first-name basis with King Charles. Oh, yeah. Charlie, as you call him, do you know if he's coming here for the Everest? The King's welcome. We'll put him up at, uh, we like to put our superstar celebrities up at uh, Homebush, the Novotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you think we're sending King Charles si- to the Novotel? Novotel, yeah. little single bed. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a good a good uh, nachos, room service. Do we quarantine him? Do we still do probably, two weeks? Yep. He'll yep. Probably, yep. You'll probably need to do a week of quarantine. Um, <laughs> LeBron James, him and his son, they're there. Tiger Woods, he'll be out there as well. He's coming over. So, yeah, the King's welcome. I believe... you'll enjoy the Novotel. I believe, Adam, question without warning, I believe Royal Ramwick's one of only two Royal Royal tracks, yes. is that right? Royal Ascot. No, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think you're right, Ben. It's, it, it has had approval to be named to be called obviously Royal Ramwick and obviously Royal Ascot over in, in the UK. So it's going to be his schedule is going to have him down here in this part of the world around that time. He's got some visits to the Pacific Islands um, around October, and that's why the wheels have been in motion for a while now to try and get him down to to the Spring Carnival and potentially Everest. But no doubt the VRC would, would be desperate to have him stay a little bit longer and attend the attend the Melbourne Cup. So that's all going to play out, I'd imagine, in the next few months. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to see him have a presence down here in Australian racing somewhere for, for at least a couple of days throughout the Spring Carnival. What about New Zealand, buddy? They've announced a new rich race. What sort of prize money are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, big news, Clarkie, that, that broke from New Zealand yesterday. They've announced this new th- uh, race just for three-year-olds, the NZB Kiwi, which will be held um, next year. Three and a half million New Zealand dollars, which equates to a bit over three million Aussie. It will be the richest three-year-old race um, in the Southern Hemisphere. And I'm interested to see how this goes. It's going to be a slot race. 14 horses are going to be involved. We know these slot races are pretty much all the rage. Now we have several of them around Australia after the inception of the Everest. New Zealand's obviously following on in the same boat. And they've identified a, a little bit of a gap, they believe, in the market for, for three-year-olds. I, I'm interested to see how many Australian-trained horses actually head across there to to target that race. Obviously, it'd be you know, pretty well populated by Kiwi horses, you'd imagine. But we've got a pretty busy three-year-old program in the autumn as it stands right now. Horses that sort of head towards the, the Guineas, the Ramwick Guineas, the Rose Hill Guineas, the Derby, obviously, over here in Sydney. There's some good three-year-old racing down in Melbourne throughout the autumn carnival, headlined by the Australian Guineas. And obviously, it's the option for the three-year-olds to, to take on the older horses in races like the Doncaster or the Queen's the Stakes. So, yeah, fascinating to see how it works, but obviously trying something over there and, and no doubt the, the prize money offer is going to be a, a headline grabber for a lot of fans and punters. And you got some news on Tyler Schiller? Yeah, um, Loz. Um, he had this inquiry hanging over his head from a couple of weeks ago, this race involving Cool Jakey. And if you remember correctly, he went out in a absolute light speed uh, with Felix Majestic in a, in a benchmark race. And stewards adjourned an inquiry. They asked some questions on the day. They held it over. They announced on, on Saturday that they won't be taking any further action against Tyler Schiller, um, which is good news for him because his horse, let's just say, needed a good lie down after that race for a week or two. Mm. <laughs> he, he struggled to recover. The pace was far too slick. But Tyler's in the clear in regards to, to that ride. He did pick up a suspension, actually, on the weekend at Rose Seal. He only copped a one-meeting suspension. People might ask the question saying, well, how can you get found guilty of interference or careless riding and only cop a one-meeting suspension. Well, he'd actually gone more than 800 rides without causing, uh, without being charged for, for careless riding, which is quite remarkable, really, in the cut and thrust of the of Sydney racing, to be able to do that and have such a clean record. So the stewards showed a fair bit of leans. He said, mate, we'll just give you one meeting on, on, on your go and we'll, uh, we'll see you here next week. The Brisbane Broncos, they held their breath yesterday when Adam Reynolds went down, but he's been cleared of that. Well, a serious foot injury, and mm-hmm. it, it'll only keep him yeah, possibly on the sideline for a week or two. Did you see the vision laws in the news? I did. Night? When he hobbled off, I'm thinking, oh, geez, that doesn't look yeah. great. Yeah, it didn't look good at all. I thought, geez, he, he might have done something a little bit serious here, but thankfully, the scans have come back saying that it's only a, a minor sort of injury. They, they need him firing laws to start the season, don't they? Especially over there in Vegas. And I just. There are fascinating watches here, the Broncos, just given what happened in the grand final last year. They can, it can either make or break them, what happened in that, the last 20 minutes of that grand final. They can, they can be galvanised and, and go on and, and have a deep run into the competition and potentially be premiers, or it could go the other way and could really get inside their heads. And he's so crucial to them keeping an even keel, Adam Reynolds. So, yeah, thankfully that scare was not nothing too serious. He'll obviously be on ice for a week or two and then hopefully be ready to go for the trial games and, and starting of the season in Vegas. 
We need to say goodbye for another day. Adam, it's been great to have you on the show. Just before I let you go, we didn't get enough ammunition. The boys have said to me, if Jared's going to come back, I need a little more for Monday. How bad out of 10 are we talking? So, <laughs> no, he was all right. He was, he was okay. No, triple was, figures? He, or s- no, well, actually, a funny story. We, 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 I'll, be, I'll be very quick. I know you got to get to the news. We were, we were the last group off when we played. We were behind the competition. So we were running a little bit out of daylight and probably running out of patience, more, more importantly. Um, he hit an amazing shot into the last hole. We were playing the last hole of the day from about 150 metres out. Jared hit it to about four or five foot. It was an incredible shot. And as we're walking up to the green, you think, oh, I'm going to sink this putt. It's going to be a great way to finish. Oh, the no. sprinklers came on oh. straight as the <laughs> <laughs> Timing is everything. <laughs> I'm, con- I'm convinced there was someone who was sitting in the clubhouse just waiting for these blokes to walk up and they hit the button going bang. <laughs> and we, so we, we got all wet. We had to wait about a minute or two for the sprinklers to stop for him to try and make his putt and he missed it. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have blamed the sprinklers at all. <laughs> oh, no, we'll blame the sprinklers. Yeah, Lucky, don't worry. He would have been dirty as. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Enjoy the day, mate. See you, boys. See you, buddy.